Welcome to the Soba Sessions Podcast. I am your host, Connie McMillan, a.k.a. the Sobriety Queen. This week, I want to talk about choosing me, even before sobriety. If you've been following me, if you know anything about me, you know that I am a queen who did not love herself I always looked at myself as insecure, unattractive, and even less than. Um, It took time for me to get to this space and place that I am today that I've come to know and grow and love myself as a queen. But life before sobriety was something totally different. And I can remember how much I had given of myself, always wanting to make others feel important, always wanting to love other people. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that. That's a great quality to have. It's a great quality to embrace. But it's not great if that's all you're doing. So I was that young woman who always wanted to make other people happy so much more than I wanted to make my myself happy, even understanding what that involved. I remember one day sitting in college class, um, I have a bachelor's degree, and I was taking this course in alcohol abuse. I had no idea that this would be the start to my journey, my career at down the line, let me say that, because at that point, I had no idea. I didn't even, I wasn't thinking about substance abuse like that. Um, But it was a part of the curriculum and I had to take the course. And I remember taking the course. I remember my professor so vividly, even today. He looked so well-groomed and he was a handsome young man or older man. I shouldn't even say young man. Um, He just looked so great. And there's a reason why I'm saying that. If, if, If you looked at his exterior, you would not have thought that he would have come from a path of alcoholism, alcohol abuse, use, and dependency. I remember him being very transparent in the class with us and telling us how he used to steal money from his mother, how many times he had been locked up, how many disappointments he had caused, and, you know, the heartaches that he had caused in his family and his mother pride many, many nights for him. And to look at this man um, and who he was that day, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. But I was drawn to his message. I was drawn to what he was saying. And I knew, honestly, from that point that I wanted to help people in the sobriety community or in recovery, I should say. And I remember just him going on and on and sharing so much about his life. And as I said, to see him as a professor, his life just transformed. And I mean, there was no residue on him. He didn't look like what he had been through is what I mean when I say residue. So as I said, I was so drawn to what he was sharing. And I remember after the course, after the class was over, going up to him and letting him know how much his his sharing had touched my heart and it had even um, impacted my life and to the point that I knew I wanted to enter this field. Um, you know, it's interesting how, you know, 
you're put in situations and you don't even know the impact that they will have on your life. And yes, my mother was still struggling with alcohol abuse at that point, you know, it wasn't as severe as it had gotten, but I didn't know me being in that classroom, you know, being a full-time employee and a full-time student, I did not know that this was going to be something that, you know, my, my career, the direction that my career would be going. So I remember talking to him once all the class, my classmates left and, and we talked and I told him how much his message had really, really overtaken me and how I was so, you know, just really, really uh, drawn to his message and wanted to enter the field. And I remember asking questions and saying to him, you know, I don't drink as much. And, you know, um, and at that point, I thought I didn't. Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure it was just a part of me that was embarrassed to say so. Or maybe the outside of me looked so great and, you know, I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to share it. That's what I thought. So I remember saying to him, you know, I want to do that. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be able to reach back, you know, and heal people and help them see what's possible. I'm sure I didn't say those words, but I said something along those lines. And I remember to him saying to me, I'll never forget it. He said, they'll never receive you. And I was so hurt. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? He said, you can't relate to their stories. You want to help people in recovery and you can't relate to their stories. Now, again, I was this woman who was just drawn to pouring into people, comforting people, always giving of myself, meaning, you know, uh, encouraging them and empowering them. And, and this I did because I just enjoyed it. But when he said that, it kind of put a damper on my spirit. It made me feel some type of way. It made me feel like. You know, how dare you say that? And um, it took years for me to understand exactly what he meant. He wasn't trying to offend me. Um, he was just being honest. You know, I, I am a person who likes to study, be it through reading, be it through watching certain programs and just understanding, you know, the process of recovery. Um, that takes time. That takes time. Every every case is different. Um, but it wasn't going to be enough that I wanted to empower someone. It wasn't going to be enough that I wanted to just give words of encouragement. I had to have a story and I had to be able to connect with that person on a different level. And that's just what he was saying to me. And I had to look back, you know, today, actually, I look back and I remembered, I, you know, as I was saying to myself, what is this podcast going to be about today? I don't have a guest. But I know my duty to still show up. And I remembered, you know, what my professor had said to me. And I wanted to share that. You know, as we're on our journeys, we are probably being everything to everyone and nothing to ourselves. And we're probably feeling like, you know, no one can relate to us. That's possible. I don't know. Um, but maybe you have some hopes, some dreams, some desires to show up in the world differently, right? But you're probably feeling like, who am I? How can I do this? Maybe you've been told that. I don't know. But what I do know is that you do have a story. You have something on the inside. And, you know, me realizing that later on that my addiction uh, with alcohol, my relationship with alcohol would get really, 
really, really bad. Um, that became my story once I confronted it, once I, you know, addressed it, once I understood, you know, wow, this is what my professor meant by saying they'll never connect with you. And he was right. You know, today I have a story to be able to share um, with the audience, with individuals to let them know, you know, what's possible. Right. Today, I'm sober six years and I share the most intimate, maybe somewhat, um, some might say too much, but I don't believe in leaving out anything. My personal opinion, I just don't believe that. I believe that people connect with you when you're more transparent. And, you know, just to be able to have that, to be able to share with individuals the intimate details of where I was and how I got here, that means a lot for me. Another point I want to make with regards to choosing me before sobriety was even in my marriage. You know, some of you know, you may have listened to some of my other, be it, uh, speaking opportunities that I've shared this part of my life that I was once married and you know in that marriage it dissolved as a result of both of us I would never blame you know my ex-husband I, I I played a major part right um but I could remember wanting to stay in that relationship knowing even still that it wasn't the best that we drank together that we were toxic together when we were under the influence, we we definitely shared that common interest and it was alcohol. You know, we went to the movies and we had alcohol. We went, we drank before parties and we had alcohol. And you could only imagine the aftermath after drinking. It was horrible. Verbal abuse, physical, physical you know, um, abuse. And I wanted to stay in that. I wanted to stay there because it was what I knew and it was what I didn't want to leave that I, I knew. I didn't want to step outside of my comfort zone. And I remember moving out here to New Jersey and meeting up with my ex-husband once um, who had asked for a divorce. Um, and I remember crying and, you know, saying like, why, why, why? And that was just the side of me that didn't want to move into this next chapter of my life. But I was able to let it go. I was able to let that relationship go and rebuild Connie with God's help because I didn't do this by myself. Being able to put down the bottle, being able to enter this new chapter of my life has been the most amazing gift that I could give myself. Choosing me before sobriety um, has been a blessing and I had to make the choice first and then sobriety entered. Right. I had to make the choice even to choose sobriety. But I'm saying I made the choice to choose me, to choose me over family, to choose me over a spouse, to choose me over decisions that would keep me broken, stuck and confused, that would keep me in a place of bondage. I had to choose me over relationships. I had to let some relationships go with friends. Um, and I even felt convicted by that sometimes, you know, feeling like those are my friends that I used to drink with. How could I abandon them? That was my thought. But I understood that if I stayed in those relationships and stayed connected to them the way that I did when I was drinking, um, it was not going to be good for me. So it's not that I don't, 
you know, check on them every now and again. But I did have that period where I had to just focus on me. I had to focus on getting the healing done for me. I had to choose me. I'm thankful that today some of those relationships are still in existence and some of them are not. But I'm thankful to know that I chose me. I'm thankful to know that my life matters and that God has chosen me as a sobriety queen. I didn't choose this path. I'm thankful that recovery is something that I love, that I walk in boldly, and that it's a gift to be able to offer other people, to be able to show what's possible for you. As you are listening to this podcast, I don't care where you are on your journey. I don't care what people have said to you. I don't care even what you've said to yourself. I am telling you that where you are, you can make a shift. Where you are, you can make a decision to choose you. And it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. You will find yourself again. You will find your strength again. You will find your purpose. You have a purpose. And your purpose is for you to walk into a life that is bold and beautiful, that it will impact you in ways you couldn't imagine. It is ways that you will understand that you're not the pain that you saw or that you were told that you were, but that you are purpose. I want to tell you, kings and queens, that this life to choose sobriety, or rather to choose you to get to sobriety, has been one of one of the greatest decisions of my life. I tell you, I would not change anything, anything. Sometimes we think we know what we want. I know when I was under the influence, I thought I knew what I wanted in life. But the more pain that I saw and the more healing that I got through, I understood what was for me and I didn't find recovery. Recovery found me and I'm so, so appreciative of that. And, you know, a part of me was hesitant to choose that years ago. I thought I could navigate it. I thought I could have one foot in and one foot out, meaning I could dabble. I could, you know, drink occasionally. I had no control over that. I couldn't. And I was even somewhat ashamed to enter the recovery arena because of the stigma that came with it. But I tell you today, I'm so proud to say the words recovery. I love saying recovery. I love saying you are not purpose, you are pain. I love being associated with recovery because it heals and because it's attached to God. That's truly why I love saying it. My hope is that you will hear this message and even more messages and that you too will love and connect with recovery, that you will understand just how much it will transform your life. If you understand the word itself, if you get a clear understanding of what the word recovery means, because I get to that we make up our own definitions, right? And what we think words mean. I know for me, sobriety, I made up my own definition of what sobriety was. And that meant corny, that meant no party, and that meant isolation, that meant, you know, the uncool uh, click, that meant, you know, I couldn't have fun. That was my own definition. That wasn't what, you know, the 
the dictionary said, right? But that was what I said it said. So I, I didn't want any relationship with it. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just was like, uh, no, that's not going to work for me. So I'm going to stay over here with alcohol. But when I understood, you know, a better, when I got a better understanding, I should say, of what is recovery, right? And everybody's going to have a different definition and that's fine. But at least get the real definition for yourself. At least uncover what that word is instead of creating something in your own imagination. Um, because I think that's what will keep us still staying in a place of masking, right? A place of delusion, if you will, right? So I want to give you the definition, one of the definitions of, of, of recovery. And it says a return to a normal state of health mind or strength. It also says the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Alcohol had stolen a lot. It had stolen so much. So maybe when we get a clearer understanding of certain words that we have created our own definition for, we can make a better decision to choose us, to choose yourself, so that you can enter into sobriety boldly and freely. And I am here as your support system, welcoming you as well as many other sober kings and queens. We got a bomb.com family. So as you listen to this podcast, I hope that it has blessed you. I hope that you have definitely walked away with a mindset to say, I choose me. This is your sobriety queen, Connie. If you would love to be able to be a sponsor on this podcast, feel free to connect with me uh, via email, sobrietyqueenconnie at gmail.com. You also can connect with me, sober sessions podcast at gmail.com. I am so grateful to be able to be the sobriety queen. I don't take that lightly. You guys have a blessed one. Until next week. Later.